All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3 this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. There's a glare on my iPad, so uh, bear with me just a minute. See if I can get the right angle. It took me a little longer to get ready. I used a little extra hairspray this morning. And uh, <clears throat> one, one more squirt, uh, and uh, that helped a lot. Amen. Appreciate all the work that's been going on in the church. We've got a lot of improvements. When we get back inside, walls painted, uh, new carpet, carpet uh, uh, that's been wore out since the Civil War replaced, and um, we appreciate Brother Kevin Hall and Brother Mark and um, Brother Mark Fazell, and a lot of people come by the church, Brother Jay's been working his head off, and um, we'd appreciate all the work. We had a couple of teenagers come uh, day four yesterday, and they got up all the carpet that had been glued too much. Uh, on the uh, uh, concrete floor. That was a real chore. So we ha- we've got a lot of work done, a lot of things accomplished, and we thank the Lord for it. Amen. It's good, so good to see each one of you. Uh, I'm not sure I'm trying to identify each vehicle. I know we have one visitor over here, one of our neighbors, and we appreciate her being with us. And uh, we'll put a visitor's card on the windshield wiper. No, not really. Uh, and uh, we, just, we just thank God for you being here, and um, <clears throat> I hope that you'll enjoy the service. Um, I want you to really pray about tonight, and I want you to tune in at 6 o'clock sharp uh, for Brother Do- uh, Dr. Dan Reed. He went to be with the Lord October 22nd of last year, and um, he two years ago uh, in April, uh, just last week, uh, two years ago, he preached one of the greatest revivals that we ever had, and it's because we prepared our heart through prayer, and, uh, and it is just stirring. So I just thank God tonight we're going to start a virtual revival. Now don't that sound worldly? That sounds carnal, virtual. I don't know what in the world that means. It's going to be online, so nobody come back tonight. Just listen online. You know, all this uh, trying to identify you and see who's in each car reminds me of a story I heard about a fellow that fell in love with an opera singer. And uh, he hardly knew her because the only time he saw her was through binoculars and from the third balcony. Y'all are in the balcony back there, amen? And, um, but he was convinced he could live happily ever after married to a voice like that. And I'm so glad I can preach to someone besides a wall, no offense, y'all, that showed up, uh, uh, for the last, I think this is the sixth Sunday that we haven't had service. And that breaks my heart. I never thought in 46 years of preaching that I'd have to take off six weeks of not having the congregation here. Was that thunder? Okay, but it was a convinced, uh, he was convinced he could live happily ever after married to this voice, so he scarcely noticed she was considering uh, considerably older than, than he, and nor did he care that she walked with a limp, and uh, her soprano voice would take uh, them through whatever might come, he thought, and after a whirlwind, uh, a whirlwind relationship, uh, they finally had their honeymoon, and uh, she began to... Uh, take her wig off, her false teeth, she took her hearing aid out, no offense, uh, she took her wooden leg off, and he looked at her and said, woman, sing, sing, <laughs> sing, amen, and that, that was uh, the joke that went down the drain, amen, but anyway, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, I'm trying to lighten some of y'all up, you look like you're just uh, sad, and I want you to enjoy this tonight and have a good time, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, I want to preach a very brief message on your life is God's gift. Your life 
Y'all pray for me on this uh, platform. This was Kevin Hall's idea. Your life is God's gift or God's perspective of life. You know, life is a gift from God. And we ought to not waste it, but we ought to invest it in everything that we do. We ought to live day by day in the precious will of God so that one day when we face Jesus, that we'll uh, uh, receive a reward. And that reward will be cast at His feet. And thank God for that. But look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Um, all you that are under two foot, stand up. The rest of you just remain seated, okay? But it says in verse uh, chapter 10, According to the grace of God, which given unto me as a wise master builder, builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth their own. Let every man take heed how he buildeth their own. And the other foundation can no man lay than this is laid, which is Jesus Christ. You with me now? That's 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11. And y'all pray for me because this is a strange place to preach. Amen. <clears throat> it says, Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, or stubble, and every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall... Uh, the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. And look at verse 14. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Know ye, know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. You ought to meditate on that a little bit. It says, if any man defile the temple of God, him, God uh, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy. Which temple are ye? Which temple are ye? And no man, uh, no man deceive himself. If any man among you seemeth to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he taketh the wise in their own crafts. And again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise that they are in vain. Therefore, let no man glory, listen, in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Paulus or Cephas or the world or life or death or the things present or things to come, all are yours. And ye are Christ, and Christ is God. Let's pray just for a moment, and I'll preach a very brief thought. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to be together just to see the smiling faces and, and see folks that want to come and just give a testimony that they love your people and love each other and love you. And God, thank you for those that uh, watching by way of Internet and, Lord, watching by the way of uh, the YouTube broadcast. We appreciate them too. And thank you, God, uh, for their faithfulness to pray and watch every service. And, God, I pray that you'd bless here and at home as we preach your word on this thought, your life, is God's gift. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, your life is a good gift from God. And no matter how difficult your circumstances, your life has far more potential than you ever realize. Your, your life has only begun. And you're going to live a long time. Matter of fact, if you are alive, say amen right there. If you exist, or you're breathing, you're going to exist forever forever um, and we need to realize this is that God help us 
not just to exist, but we need to enjoy life. And we need to experience even these trials and tribulations and be joyful and have peace and have purpose. And we need to look forward to the future. Say amen right there. I'm glad we're looking forward to the future of being back together. But I want to tell you something, folks. Uh, it's not just going to heaven, but it's going to heaven and entering the abundant entrance. And that reminds me of a verse in um, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17. It says that we ought to walk in wisdom, uh, knowing the will of God. And it's unwise to miss one day out of the will of God. And so God has a wonderful, eternal plan for your life. Amen? It's a plan for your life. And all this interruption, you think, or all this disturbance, is still God's plan for your life. I never thought in 46 years of preaching that I would experience what we've experienced in the last six weeks. But I want to tell you something, folks. God has a plan. In John chapter 10 and verse 10, the Bible says this, that He wants to give you life. And folks, we ought to live and we ought to enjoy life, even in the midst of these trials and tribulations. But He says He wants to give you a life more abundant. But before that, it said in verse 10, let me read it to you, if I can turn the pages against the wind. It says this, it says, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. God wants you to have abundant life. Uh, it doesn't matter how uh, many things you pack into your life, you need God's uh, blessings on your life. He has a better plan for your tomorrow. Uh, you, he wants you to use today for His glory, and it's full of choices and right decisions that you must make. And so we need to live, as I preached last Wednesday, on day by day. And every day, we need to prepare for the billions and billions of years that we're going to experience in the future. You need to be future-oriented. It's a matter of reaping and sowing. You can't get away from it. If you sow to the flesh, you reap corruption. But if you'll sow to the Spirit, you shall reap eternal life. And that means, folks, a heaven will be a little more joyful and a little more blessed because you used what you had and you used the days that you had and you didn't live according to the flesh but according to the Spirit and you didn't live for the world but you lived for the one that uh, created and sustains the world and you you can choose today to live for eternity think about that there's eternity in your soul and Jesus Christ wants you to live with that in mind in Philippians chapter 1 one of my favorite chapters and I believe the youth have been studying this together and I appreciate brother um, Jason doing this uh, zoom I can't figure out how to get on it I join them but uh it, you know, it's, it's, it's a great thing that you can conference each other and, uh, and talk with each other and see each other's face. But they're studying the book of Philippians, I believe. And I like verse 12 of Philippians chapter 1. Turn in your Bibles there. Amen. The Bible says, For all these things which happened unto me have fallen out for the furtherance of the gospel. You know, some people fall apart during things like this. Some people have nervous breakdowns. Hey, some people even have panic attacks. God didn't call Christians to panic. God didn't have Christians to be depressed. Folks, I know this is bad. And I know we ought to have a sense of fear. In other words, we ought to respect what's going on around here. And 
keep, keep, keep our distances, I guess. But I want you to know this, friend. God does not want you to have the spirit of fear. That means that you're so afraid that you can't function, that you can't even breathe, and you have these panic attacks, you have these depressing attacks. Friend, God wants us to enjoy life even in the midst of the suffering and trials because all things have fallen for the, out for the furtherance of the gospel. This is a great day to witness, amen? This is a great day to take a track and hand it out. It's a great day to, uh, we've, we've knocked on every one of these doors here. When people pass by, they're going to say, what's so important about gathering in a church in a bunch of cars? I'll tell you what's so important, God Almighty. I'll tell you what's so more important, Christ is our life. Christ should be our life. Folks, I want to tell you something. The gift of life is a divine entrustment. He's trusted you with the stewardship of life. Don't waste it. Don't even spend it. Invest it. Folks, life is such a gift. And thank the Lord He's keeping up with it. The Bible says in Daniel chapter 4, verse 17, that we have watchers. And that's, uh, that's angels. You know, I hadn't preached uh, many times on angels. I'm thinking about doing that next Sunday morning. But we have a guardian angel. But we also have recording angels. The, uh, the folks, listen, God is keeping a record of every day of your life since the day you was born again to the day the rapture takes place, until the day you die, take your last breath. He is keeping a record of, uh, of what you're doing with the opportunities and blessings in your life. We live in America. We ought to be sending missionaries all around the world. I was talking to Mark yesterday, and he's, he's saying if we don't get our economy back, uh, there's going to be people all over South Africa starving to death. And I never thought about that. Because as our economy goes, other people's economy goes. And he said they're going to starve to death. They're going to have a slow death of starvation. And I've never been a hungry uh, in a day in my life. And don't you blow your horn right there because I'm, I'm modeling it. I've never been hungry. If I'm hungry, I'll go to McDonald's. If I'm hungry, I'll really splurge and go get a Whopper at the Burger King. Amen? If I'm hungry, I might go to Oakwood and really splurge and get turkey and dressing and cranberry sauce. But I want to tell you something, folks. Some people are starving today, and they're dying a slow, miserable death because they have nothing to eat. You ought to thank God for your blessings. Christians are never alone. We have guardian angels, but we have recording angels. I want you to go down to verse 20 of uh, Philippians chapter 1. This is one of my favorite verses. Reminds me of my childhood for some reason when I used to get in trouble. It says, according to my earnest expectation and my hope. What's your earnest expectation? You know, some people are so negative, and some people are so pessimistic. The glass is always half empty when it ought to be half full. Say amen. We got a lot of blessings, and we got a lot of blessings because God's blessed us with every breath and life. Our children, our, uh, these nice cars you're sitting in, praise God. Uh, this is wonderful. There's somebody looking for the service. Come on in. But I want you to know, friend, God help us. God help us not to take for granted that we should have a hope that listen, in nothing I shall be ashamed. In nothing shall I be ashamed. Now listen to this. But that with all boldness, as always, so now also, so now also, Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. Now this is all introduction to a series I'm preaching on God's perspective or the measurement of your life. But I want you to see this, friend. He said, so now also. Would you underline that in verse 20? of Philippians chapter 1, what does that mean? He's going through persecution. He's in jail. 
I mean, he might be uh, facing death. And he says, so now also. Folks, right now, it ought to be our soul now also. We ought to be saying, hey, listen, I don't understand this. I don't like this. I don't understand what's going on in this world. It's falling apart, and most people are falling apart. But I want you to know, so now also, God's going to be magnified through my life. Amen? God's going to be magnified through my life and my body, whether it be by life or by death. Remember, you're going to live billions of years. So really, every day is preparing for those millions of years. And you ought to realize that judgment seat of Christ is coming, and we're going to give account of whether we let, fell apart or whether we took the gospel to a lost and dying world and magnified Christ. Look at that word, magnify. That Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death, and to live is Christ, to die is gain. Now let me just say this, folks, we need to magnify the Lord. When I think about that word magnify, I think about my childhood when I got a hold of a, a magnifying glass. How many have ever seen, seen a magnifying glass? Some of you kids said, what is that? That's like a phone booth or something. You ain't never seen one, amen? Or a pager. But we had magnifying glass, a little round thing. And I remember one day I found out that if I put that thing at an angle and, and slanted it towards the sunshine, that it could burn a hole into my glove, and I put my initials, KWC, on my favorite baseball glove. And then I said, I think I'll do something better than that. I'll take this magnifying glass, and there was some dry leaves under an oak tree out back of my house, and I set those on fire through that one magnifying glass. Angled at a certain way, my mother set me on fire for doing it too. But I want to tell you something, set, set that magnifying glass at a certain angle, and zoom in on a little, little hole uh, of sunshine, it burned an image into my glove. And it burned half my backyard up after those, after those leaves caught on fire. And I want to tell you something, friend. God ought to burn himself through you as you magnify him in these last days. And you ought to make a lasting and devil impression on, your, on, on someone because you use your life to magnify God. Stop living your life for yourself. Stop living your life for this world. Let me just say this. And some of you have watched the draft for the last five days. And you, you, your hero got sent to Buffalo, which is the coldest place on earth. And it didn't, maybe it didn't work out. That's all right, let it blow. Gone with the wind. There goes my joke. But I want you to know this, friend. God help us. God help us to realize that in these last days, God wants us to magnify Him in such a way that it burns this fact. To live is Christ. To die is gain. You ought to want to live for Christ every day of your life. Now go to our text. That was all introduction. You said, oh me. I'm going to have to, get, I'm going to, have to leave. But I'll be real brief. I just want to go over this text. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Uh, I might have to lay it on the line and do it real quick. Because it's coming up a storm, I think, up here. It's a lot windier up here than it is down there. I promise you that. Amen. Thank God for that extra hairspray. But I want you to look at this. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Hey, if y'all can't smile and laugh a little bit, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? Say amen. Praise God. I think, I think we ought to just rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. That's another thing that um, the Apostle Paul said that amazes me. 
But look at 1 Corinthians chapter um, 3, just our text, and I want to show you this real quick in closing. It said, he's a wise master builder, builder, and he's laid a foundation. And folks, he said, but let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. Go back to the text, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 10. Folks, you need to be a builder. You need to build in your life, and you need to be responsible to take your life and use it for God's glory no matter what, no matter what's going on in this world, no matter how many pandemics we may have to live through. Folks, because life is not uh, measured chronologically. Uh, a day is a thousand years, a thousand years is a day, First Peter chapter 3, verse 8. Folks, it's what's in that day. It's who owns that day. It's who you live for. So we have to build upon. That's the foundation. And the will of God is this, that you be saved. The will of God is for you to realize that without Christ, you have no foundation for this day. You have no foundation, certainly, for the future. And folks, all you can live is in the past and let the past poison the present and the present ruin the future. That's all you got. But when you got Jesus, you have the foundation. Now let me, let me just read through these verses and we'll go. That foundation is Jesus. As a matter of fact, he said, For other foundations can no man lay than this is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Folks, this is for believers only. We're going to have a judgment according to our works from the day that we were saved to the day that we take our last breath or to the rapture takes place. Now look at this. Every man's work shall be made manifest. It's going to come out. Who you live for. Self, sin, the world. But look at this. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. You know what that means? <clears throat> God knows your motive. And we ought to live for His, His glory. And we ought to live because we love Him. Amen? We ought to live each day Yes, as is, is our last, but realize that that day is going to contribute to billions and billions of years in eternity and our reward that we're going to lay at Jesus' feet. Look at this. It says, If any man's works abide which he hath built thereon, he shall receive a reward, a reward. And if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. You know what that means? You'll get to heaven. And face Jesus empty-handed. And you'll get to heaven by the skin of your teeth. Not really by the skin of your teeth, but by His purchase at Calvary. And folks, it's our reasonable service that we present our body a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. What's that mean? Live it out. Live the will of God out. Every day, should be a day that you have God's perspective, that you realize God's given me another day to glorify Him. God's given me another day, and I'm going to give account to Him, and it's going to either be wood, hay, and stubble, or it's going to be precious. Look at this. Look at verse um, 15. If any man's work shall be burned, it shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so by his fire. And folks, listen, the Bible says of what sort it is, whether it's um, uh, gold, silver, precious, precious stones, or wood, hay, and stubble. Folks, listen. One day, some people are going to be standing in the ashes because it's all going to be burned up because you lived just for yourself.
Folks, sometimes today's heroes, all those people making millions of dollars being drafted in the last three or four days, today's heroes are going to be tomorrow's fools. Tomorrow's fools. Because the Bible says that we ought to uh, not be foolish as the uh, rich young man that uh, uh, had all the things of the world and uh, and, he's, and he's, he built barns and he, and he built greater barns and he tore those down and built bigger barns and he prayed to himself, sold, I have much goods laid up for me. In the next verse, the Lord said, Thou fool, tonight thy soul shall be required of thee. And folks, I didn't call him a fool. God called him a fool. And it's foolish to just live for this world. It's foolish to be worried and, 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 and depressed and down and out every day even when things are going good, you're down. When folks, we have a life that's going to last for eternity, forever and ever. We're going to live for, for God. And folks, that's what counts. That's what counts. And the Bible says in verse 20 and 21, don't glory in men. The Bible says we'll stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And uh, folks, the, the wood, hay, and stubble is the shallow, selfish, self-centered, immediate things that we invest all our life in. But folks, there's an eternity. There's eternity. And God wants us to invest our life in eternity. There's the incorruptible crown for faithfulness. There's the crown of life that endures for those that endure and overcome. And there's the rejoicing crown. That's the soul winner's crown, 1 Thessalonians 2, 19. There's the crown of righteousness, those that anticipate the coming of the Lord and love His coming, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. And there's the crown of glory for the faithful minister that will feed their flock. And folks, listen, why, why is that so important? I'll tell you why it's so important. Because one day we're going to lay all those crowns at His feet, Revelation chapter 4. We're going to lay all those crowns at His feet. And folks, we're going to praise Him for giving us one day to serve Him. And then another day to serve Him. God's almost given me 69 years. I know I look it. And I'm feeling it right now. But I want to tell you something, friend. I'm going to give account of all these days that God's given me for eternity. For eternity. We need to major on eternity. We need to plant the seed. We need to be faithful in season, out of season. We need to rejoice when the world looks at us and thinks we're crazy. I mean, people drive by here, they think you're crazy trying to gather here on a church lawn in the middle of a blueberry, blackberry winter or whatever we're going through in the mo this moment. But folks, we need to plant the seed. We need to realize that God can do more through just one day for His glory than you could ever ever imagine. <coughs> Stephen Glant <coughs> was a strong, had a strong inward compulsion by the Holy Spirit to go preach in a heavily forest area of America. This illustration reminds me of what we've been going through preaching in an empty auditorium in here. And when he arrived at, at the loggers camp, he found that he, he <coughs> they had moved to another location. <coughs> and their shanties were deserted. However, he was so sure that God sent him to preach in this location, he opened up his Bible in the empty shanty and he preached to bare walls the sermon God had placed on his heart about being saved. And then he returned to his home and he could never understand why God would send him to preach 
in just an empty old cabin, a logger's cabin. <clears throat> and many years later, in England, he was walking across the London Bridge, and a man grasped his arm. I found you at last, he said. I think you are mistaken, said Mr. Grant, G-R-E-L-L-A-T. He said, no, didn't you preach in an empty shanty in the woods of America many years ago? And he said, yes, I did. But no one was there, right? No one was there. He said, well, I was a foreman in charge of the loggers. And it's strange that this happened, but we moved to a new location. And we got about halfway there, and I realized I left some of my tools in uh, one of the shanties. And I went back to get my tools, and I heard this crazy man preaching to an empty cabin, just letting it rip. And so he said, I snuck up beside the cabin. I was dare not go in. And I listened through the cracks at your message. And God convicted my soul, and I got under conviction, and I went and bought a Bible. And I started reading my Bible, and then I got saved. He said, and I repented of my sins, became a Christian. And then I began to win my men to Christ. And says, your sermon has reached at least a thousand people that I know I personally won to the Lord. And three of them has already become missionaries. Folks, you never know. You never know what, how God's going to use one day in your life. So every day is a blessing from God. Every day is a divine trust from God. And every day is a great opportunity from God for you to magnify and glorify God with all your life. Of course, it starts with being saved. It starts with trusting the Lord as your personal Savior. But then after you're saved, you ought to be sanctified. You ought to be satisfied. And you ought to be yielded to the Spirit of God and realize your body's not your own. That you ought to glorify God in your body and your spirit. Spirit, little s, means disposition. And that you ought to glorify Him even through times like this, especially. And lift Him up. Share the gospel and realize it's all falling out for the feather to the gospel. And be used of God. And one day, millions of years from now, you're going to look back on this time and say, I'm glad that I used that day for His glory. And that I realize this day is the day the Lord has made, and I'll rejoice and be glad in it. And that it's a gift from God. I was once sitting in a funeral, minding my own business. And our assistant pastor down in uh, Claxton that worked with me, I was assistant pastor, and Brother Paul was the pastor. It might have been Brother Barry then. And I remember he got up and he preached a message. And he preached a message at a funeral. I'll never forget it. He said, every day is a gift from God. And every breath, every breath is an individual blessing from God. I never forgot that. And folks, I believe today we ought to take a deep breath and say glory to God. I think we ought to take, uh, uh, enjoy where we're at. No matter it's, uh, what we're doing, Maybe we can't go where we can't. We can't go to a ball game. Can't go to a theater until Monday. Uh, you can't go to the Tijuana's anymore. But praise God. That's a Mexican restaurant, by the way. Praise God. You can enjoy every breath, every moment, <coughs> and you can use it for God's glory. And you will one day give account of how you used the precious gift of life. Let's pray. Father.
thank you for the privilege to preach and the privilege just to see uh, these folks that I love so much, just to experience, uh, Lord, this outside service. Uh, it's been such a blessing and encouragement to my soul. And I pray, dear God, that we'd take the message on the judgment seat of Christ, on the right perspective of life, and take it to heart, and realize, dear God, how much we really waste our lives with a lot of things that are really not important. God, through this pandemic, there's been some things taken away from us that we found out is not eternal. It's not that important. God, and uh, uh, there's some things that we'll probably go back to. The busy schedules, all the little league ball uh, games that take kids out of church, and all the things that we got wrapped up into. And God, I pray it would never be the same, though. That we'd never let anything or anyone become before you. And that we'll realize that it's a sacred trust every day of our life. And that we'd be different when we come through this storm. And God, we wouldn't go back to a normal life, but it'd be a super normal life. It'd be an abnormal life. It'd be a supernatural life of us yielding our lives to magnify your precious name every day of our life. God, help it to be so. With every head bowed, every eye closed, and this is so much easier to give an invitation when I see some human beings looking at me, but I want you to bow your head right now. I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to think about this message. And God laid it on my heart, and I tried to preach it uh, the best I could, but I want to tell you this. God has given you life. There's many uh, friends and many relatives have have died recently. All over this world, people are dying by the thousands. God has spared your life for a reason, for a purpose. And I don't believe we ought to face Jesus one day and say, well, I got over it. I got over it. Well, I think we ought to bow and say, dear God, I never got over you getting my attention. I never got over you staying the world and stopping the whole world with one little germ. And dear God, I rededicated my life. I drew closer to God uh, through that pandemic. It ought to be your testimony. Have me say, preacher, in my heart, I know I'm saved. If I die today, I know I'll go to heaven. Amen. You ought to say that in your heart. I know I am saved. If you're not saved, you can bow your head right in that Chevrolet, Toyota, whatever, you, Kia, uh, whatever you drive. Thank God it made it here. You can pray and ask the Lord to come in your life right there in that front seat or back seat, children. Yes, sir. You ought to do that right now and pray and ask the Lord to save you. You pray a prayer something like this. Lord, I'm a sinner and I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Come into my life. Lord, I give you back the life you gave me. Lord, I turn my whole life over to you. Lord, help me to live for your glory. And I believe the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to save me right now ought to be your prayer. In Jesus' name.